0: Hey guys, welcome into the latest OBR Film Breakdown podcast. I'm your host Jake Burns. The show is presented as all have been recently and will be into the future the rest of the year until 1-1-2023 by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take advantage of that OBR promo code $100 in free bets. Uh, welcoming in Jared Mueller. We're going to do our Browns Burning Questions here for your Wednesday episode uh, coming off of a thirty nine seventeen really the NFL's only blowout loss of the week. And uh, there's a lot of questions I think a lot of people have. But I think, Jared, what what I would say is it perpetuated a lot of the concerns. Ironically, we, we, we thought last year if we go back and hearken on the Odell-Beckham situation, they let Odell go, and then the Browns blow out the Bengals, and everybody thinks it solves all the issues, and then it just resurfaces. <laughs> it's, it feels like the same thing happened here, right, man, where it's like, you beat the Bengals, you start to think you turned a corner maybe, and then it's just you go down to uh, Miami coming off of a bye week and just get absolutely mauled in a sense that I, I would have thought this performance was one from a group either going into the game before a late bye week or maybe a game after a Thursday night uh, or a Monday night to Sunday type of performance where it just didn't look like they wanted to be there. And I think I think that's probably what people are most frustrated about here is this situation where – it felt like these guys might not care. And I, I don't think it's fair for us to always question NFL players' level of commitment because we don't know, right? We don't know all of that all the time, you know? But if you if you put enough stuff on film that just doesn't really look like you have a fire burning underneath you to make plays and, and win football games, the questions start to be asked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's why you know, people end up going back to coaches for, and we've talked about
1: this for a variety of reasons. When it looks like the effort's not there or looks like same things over and over again, the answer always is the coaches, right? It's the regime. It's, it's all of that. But in the end, those are the easier things to change, right? You can change a coaching staff more than you can change 53 players. Now, Andrew Barry has done a very good job, or I don't know if it's a good job, but he's Definitely moved along a lot of different players over his, you know, now almost three years on the team. But it just feels easier to put the blame on the coaches, which they may deserve their part. But I think it's like anything when you think about, you know, building a house or building an organization, every little thing kind of matters until it doesn't, right? Until you have those pieces that are just so good that it doesn't really matter. You can just kind of overcome them. Right now, they're in a place where, there's just not enough. Like Miles Garrett isn't enough to overcome Jadavian Clowney being whatever he has been this year. No defensive tackles, uh, not a lot of strength behind him uh, up the middle. Like he's just not enough. Denzel Ward just coming back. There's just so many different things, which I guess in general brings me to kind of my first burning question for for you is, do you feel like in general, this Browns, let's go with organization. So. Andrew Barry, Paul D. Podesta, Kevin Stefanski, Joe Woods, uh, really kind of that four power uh, group. Do you feel like they're just too stubborn with what they think and kind
0: of sticking with what they think? I think this stems from a, a really fair angle here, which is today we found out or maybe last night. I can't remember when that news was released here, but Jerry Tillery, who is a former first round pick, is let go and it's clearly a position the Browns should be taking swings on but they don't even place a claim for the former first round pick and again i get it a guy gets cut especially defensive tackles it's usually you know, the, the good good ones don't find the market right like that's it's pretty <laughs> obvious but uh, it's like are they trying right are they trying and and you know i think you and i have had this question now where this this regime has had i think we've spent a lot of time over the last 3 years Looking at trends, right? I feel like we've spent a lot of mm-hmm. breath talking about draft guardrails, age guardrails, contract structures, who they're going to pay, who they're not going to pay, based on what we we saw that glimpse of a what was that chart that was out there that floated publicly about how they value certain positions and different things of that nature. Like they took this weird break; uh, they went from Sashi Brown and <laughs> Depot and the angles they had there that were in place. They took this break on, I, I'm guessing, was a hunch from from jimmy haslam this hunch on on john dorsey they took a a completely removed break and then they full circle and bring it back so that part of it i think is lost on a lot of people jared that they actually were in in, and they had a plan that they wanted to try to follow and then they took a two-year break from it and not just a break from it but a two-year break in a really important window of decisions to be made right um, and not to say that the if, if Sashi or if, that, if Andrew Barry was the leader at the time that they still wouldn't have taken Baker Mayfield, and it's not that everything John Dorsey did was terrible, but it was an interesting thing to go from this hard, dedicated analytics angle to peeling it back to the complete opposite, then retooling it, putting it back into place. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe they are too stubborn. I think again, you and I have had many conversations in the last eight, nine weeks here where. We talked about the age guardrails and, and committing too much to worrying about age and less to worrying about is this SOB really good at football and ready to contribute, right? The same with free agency and different things of that nature in terms of little bits and pieces of uh, decisions they make in free agency and what they're trying to do at certain positions. But I, I continue to go back to like just, just two very easy outcomes this year where if they just beat the Jets and if they just beat <laughs> the Chargers – they're they're two more wins. They're foot five and four. Like it, it it's the, the 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 margins very thin. And I still continue, and I hate to keep saying the same things about like if they just. I think they're they they knew the risks of this year, and not to say that it excuses some of the effort stuff we saw in Miami or, or the abysmal run defense. I totally get it. But would we be having the same angry conversations we're having? Like somebody tonight posted a video of Kevin Sansky saying all of this is his fault in every press conference. And it's like, what do you want him to say, man? Like, of course, he's going to take blame. He's not going to pin that on players and, and ruin locker room culture. But I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is, are they too stubborn? maybe but i think they have a plan that they want to really try out and maybe this plan gets them fired i don't know jared i really don't know but i do think that they when they made this commitment to deshaun watson if they went into it thinking that these guys deserved these head coach like this head coach offensive side of the football defense is a completely different conversation which i'm sure we'll get to but like if they made this decision and Deshaun was vocal in the press conference saying that he wanted to play for Kevin Stefanski and in that offense, if they made the decision to to not commit to at least two full years of this quarterback and head coach and play caller, I just don't know like why they would do that, right? I don't know why right. they would, would do that. And yeah, I think we're all very much allowed to be frustrated at three and six, especially based on this performance we just saw. But like, I, I continue to think yeah, maybe are they – I guess the thing I want to see them do, Jared, in the coming coming drafts, if they have two or three more drafts, air quotes guaranteed, is like how are you learning from your misses on Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai and and the guys you've brought in up front? How are you adjusting to to go away from an Anthony Short? Like, Do they start to go away from some of the hard set rules they have in place in order to improve upon some processes we've seen that have failed? so i I think your question is fair uh that they did bring in is it Ben stilly uh, right a bunch of ben the friends.
1: undrafted guy from nebraska that, that was yeah. on miami's practice squad
0: yeah and he but but again, you're talking about what are they looking there he was a very high athletic score, right I think he was a ten ras score guy, which is a grade of all your athleticism and explosion and change of uh direction ability in the draft and like are they headset on some of those things? High athleticism scores, low ages, and less worrisome about does a guy understand football schemes? Does a guy know how to win at his position? I think those things right now, based on some of the outcomes we've seen, are very, very fair. Very fair.
1: Yeah, and that's you know, he's a great example. You know, I compared him at some level to Taven Bryan, right? Now obviously one went undrafted, one was a first-round pick, all of that kind of stuff. But six four and six five. 290, right? They're not. And, and again, that athlete, but not, you know, more of that length uh, and speed versus strength. And I think you hit the nail on the head is, can they learn? And I think the hardest thing, and and now is one of the few times I'm going to use this word as a negative word. It's one of the few times that analytics and that general concept starts to really come up as a concern for me because the general idea of of using data to make decisions is great. I think it's, an, it's the right way to go about most things. The problem is, in general, analytics isn't going to look at anecdotal information. So anecdotal information is this team over the last two and a half to three years, anecdotally, It hasn't worked when it comes to stopping the run. Some of the other things that we know, Anthony Schwartz, as you brought up, a lot of the mid-round picks really, it hasn't worked. The problem is that isn't the data set that they're going to look at in general. Uh, They're going to look at the holistic data set and they will add that information to it, but that information isn't all of the information. And so, just because you add these three years of mid-round picks and and no defensive tackles that make sense, it doesn't actually really change whatever data set they're looking at because they're looking at a bigger picture over the last five or ten years in the NFL as a whole. And so my concern will be good, we'll use poker betting, good decisions in poker are always good decisions. That doesn't mean they're going to win, they're just always good decisions. If I have ace king and I am the big blind, I'm going to push with ace king unless, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to go all in. If I'm the small, if I got the small stack, whatever it is, the decision is based on the information available. In this case, the information has led to decisions and those decisions haven't worked. Will they adjust based solely on their experience or will they continue to take kind of the big, broad perspective data and say, we believe this is going to work and we're just going to keep doing the same types of things, believing that our model works. And I guess at some level you want a team to go out on their shield, right? Like if they, if Andrew Barry, Kevin Savansky, Paul D. Podesta really believe this is the right way, do you want them to just say, this is our way? If it fails, we're gone but we're going to fail doing it our way versus maybe succeeding doing it another way.
0: Like to your greater point, I think there's an issue with 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 mid-round picks and and some of the precedents they've set with these guys because I think I don't think there's any doubt in my mind as we sit here that that they'll get better when Watson is there full-time running the offense, doing his thing, but I I certainly and at least in my opinion, have concerns over the longevity of the contract spikes and what they're able to do replacing guys based mm-hmm. on that, right? It's it's so hard because we all just want to see the Browns win, and and I do think that there is this, there's this weight. even if they were decent this year and they got to Watson later in the year, I'm not totally sure they were ready to make some leap to being a serious Super Bowl contender uh, because of the quarterback late in the year and all of that stuff. I, I think people were expecting better than three and six, which I think is fair. But to my bigger point, we are, we are in a massive situation of waiting, right? And we have to see what Watson can do over a prolonged period of time. And that's going to be a draw out to where we're probably having just now in November of 2023, some serious like look into what they're going to be with him as the quarterback. And he can erase – some things, some wins that should have happened, right? He can do that, but they have to be better. I don't think there's any doubt you would agree with me. Like I said, we're going to talk about defense in a minute, but I think it's very fair to say that the front office, if this thing is going to hum into something really great, 2023 and beyond this front office has to be better with how they're acquiring players and the people that they're drafting. I think that's That's pretty fair, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, and you mentioned
1: some of the two wins. So let's use that as kind of going into the, I absolutely agree. The front office has to be better. Coaching staff have to be better. And again, they're in alignment, so they don't get to blame each other because they have aligned and that was their key kind of buzzword, right? So they don't get to blame each other, which is one of the few things I actually really like about what Jimmy Haslam did is, is that it lined up. These two are on the same page. They're not separate characters at some level. But you brought up uh, winning two more games, right? Winning the Jets game that they could have won, should have won. Winning the Chargers game that they should have won, could have won. If right now we would give the Browns a D minus grade for the season, let's just use D, D minus F, I don't care. If they are five and four, if, if those two games go literally one play in each game changes and they win those games, Jake, what do you think? our grade or their grade, or you would give them if right now they were five and four because they won those two games just based on the changing of two different plays.
2: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data,
0: Hey guys, it's me, Jake, telling you again about the fantastic offer coming up from FanDuel, America's number one sports book, which is coming to the Buckeye State at the turn of the year. They're already available. If you go in, sign up, you get $100 in free bets with an early sign up bonus. Now, again, reminder you cannot get this offer if you wait around and do it after the turn of the new year when, when it's a go live date for sports betting in Ohio. You have to do it early. You get an early sign up bonus by using the promo code OBR. Very simple, just OBR. Bonuses issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1-1 of 2023. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's so hard. You would probably feel decent about it, right? Like you would Mm -hmm. feel decent about it because the record tells you to feel decent about it. And you would have (laughs) this idea of, well, here's what's coming in the, in the in the week 11 and beyond scenario it does and you and I, I think have have been pretty balanced about the swinging of those two games and even the atlanta game was another one right like you know you could ebb and flow and i would say there's three games that they should have won and one that they got lucky to win the carolina game i think that's pretty yep. pretty fair to say so that's two wins which we continue to talk about but like it just it it I haven't changed my big picture of this group. I think the thing that people are most frustrated about is is the losses that that look like they don't care. And um, this Miami game was that way. And I think if it was a close loss, people would still be mad. And there'd be a lot of really silly nonsense out there. But (laughs) I just don't like games where it feels like the effort level and in, in terms of like, a team figuring them out versus them figuring out another team are just sort of a I think that's where it starts to get for me when I analyze this really tough to pick it apart, but like to grade, you know, the front office or grade grade that group. Like I just, I don't think they've been terrible, but, but what happens is when you lose some close games, you get magnified in some of the, the decisions you made and the impact of some of the decisions that you've made. And I think we're in the, in the middle of that. I don't think that anybody should be calling for someone to get fired here, but I do think, you know, the the ace in the sleeve of Kevin and, and Andrew right now is that they don't have their quarterback. I think that's, yep. that's the thing. And that's what everybody's waiting on. And people will try to jump to conclusions based on the end of the year with Watson. But again, I've continued to say they, these guys deserve a full 2023 with him and trying to see what the pieces they put around him look like and how it all can shake out together. But like, um, you know, as we sort of sit and sift through three and six and where they're at and the disappointment of some of those losses, it starts to weigh on people. And I think that I think what we did uh, collectively is underestimate how long 11 games is and and how Mm long how long three months of football is between a guy playing and a guy coming back from suspension after six games, because that's that's just it's a it's such a shorter duration. You know, it's it goes from one and a half months to three months. And that's just it's a lot. But like to my point, I think the pressure could get real. Uh, I think they should get two years, 23 and 24, but the pressure is going to be real this off season where I'm sure folks have looked at, you know, the Browns have something like $48 million of cap space this year, right? this second. But if you look at it next year, going into the season, they're actually slightly over the cap by a, a little bit, and they're going to have to be creative. They're going to have to hit they' I'm not saying they need to have a Seahawks level draft. We, we see the Seahawks impacting things this year, but, they're going to have to have a good draft with guys who are ready to come in and contribute. And they're doing it with, without a first round pick. Right. So it makes it even, it makes it even harder uh, here as we, as we analyze this, but God, dude, it's so hard in general. It's so hard to, to do this because people want definite answers. They want definite answers on what we think they should do this year, who should be fired, who should be let go. And I think I've been pretty vocal about my angle on things, but there's just a huge portion Of this team that's missing, and that's this long term quarterback. And it would be really tough to make a hard, rash decision about the quarterback before you get to pair him with the head, you know? So it's like with the quarterback coach.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. And I think the other thing we we don't really realize is the Browns have only lost to one team with a losing record. That's the Atlanta Falcons. Everybody else, the other five losses, not that it excuses it, but they have played against teams that we didn't think were going to be good, uh, some of them, but they all, all the rest have winning records. Uh, I have two questions about the defense, and I want to run through them pretty quickly. But yeah. the first one, I want to do the funny one first and then get to the more serious one. Jake, you've shown some of the video and some of the, the stills Um, if injuries were turned off thinking Madden style, how many yards do you think you and I could have run for against the Browns defense this weekend with the Miami dolphins blocking for us?
0: Well, there was some data put out there by football reference about how these guys, this was the, I think the, the, one of the five worst games this year, uh, from an NFL team in terms of not just rushing yards allowed, but rushing yards before contact happened. And uh, there were just several of them with wide open rushing lanes. I think all kidding aside, I probably could have found 40 yards. I mean, 40 yards for a fat (laughs) middle, middle, mid thirties guy. Like I just, um, I think that that's, that's, I'm not, I'm not even trying to be funny. The the, the rushing lanes were, were pretty wide. There were a couple examples that I wrote up that showed where a linebacker with Tony Fields missed one and Dion Jones missed missed one, but there were, a lot of opportunities to rush for a lot of yards and um you know it just to me it continues to uh it continues to to harken back to a bunch of guys who are unwilling to go above and beyond what if they they think they are supposed to play B gap they play B gap if you're supposed to crash you just crash and you ignore everything else they don't have anybody at least in this game they did not have guys willing to go above and beyond their assignment and it just that's why their run defense is not a holistic Run defense. It is uh, if a guy's in the right place at the right time, they'll make the play. But they don't have a bunch of guys rallying to the football all the time, which is really the root of their issue, Jared. Yeah, I mean they absolutely don't have. It feels like
1: football IQ, and I think that's a strong statement as well when we talk about effort. They don't have guys that are really doing the right things at the right times, or noticing things, or paying attention, or processing right. So that processing speed is just not there. It's funny you got to forty. That's exactly where I was at. I
0: thought. Forty to forty-five, uh, with a bad hip and a bad back. Yeah, uh, I'm sliding again. every single time. No one's hitting. I'm oh. doing. You ever seen the Tyler Lockett video out there, out right now this year? How he oh, catches yeah, it and falls, falls now? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm get, and anyone gets close to me, I'm quarterback sliding. Uh, oh, I'm,
1: just, I'm like, not even sure I'm going to do that. I might literally do Lockett's fall down. <laughs> um,
0: but the serious question, the, we the last like, question is a go good ahead. one from you, which is who wants to coach this defense? Like, <laughs> right? I, I guess the root of the question here as we close is this: is this defense? Yeah. Is there is it as bad as they're playing? Like, are they just way worse than we thought? Are they way worse than we thought? And I think that in this game, the D tackles and linebackers were pretty atrocious. I guess the question is twofold. Is it fixable in an offseason with a limited resources and limited picks? How fixable are the issues they have? And do you think that this is a defense that has some upcoming defensive coordinator or a guy like Zimmer? Fangio, the older t- Do you think that they would is there enough here that you would say, and I'm gonna ask you to be objective here just looking at it from an overarching view, is Ward, Miles Garrett, some of these other guys, are they enough to make you want to go coach them? Do you think there's enough there? I do. And it, well, sorry, let me be honest. I think we saw it with
1: Jerry Tillery. Eight teams put a claim on a guy that's just to be honest, isn't that good, but he has a first-round pick. So eight teams put a claim on him, not the Cleveland Browns. I think the same thing would happen in this process where okay, you got the Sean Watson, you got this run game. That means our offense is going to be a little bit more controlling and you've got Miles Garrett, right? He's the player you don't trade. And I don't care what you offer. You don't trade Miles Garrett. You've got Denzel Ward. Um, you've got Jeremiah Wusu koromoa Greg Newsome needs to be slid back outside. He's just an adequate slot defender. I think you got to, I think the arrogance of I can coach them up, which we've seen time and time again in the NFL, I think that would win out. Um I don't know if it would be the young guy I think unfortunately it probably end up being one of the older guys who goes I can do this which obviously is why Zimmer makes sense uh, given his experience with Kevin Stefanski do you feel the same way or am I maybe a little too homer on them
0: I don't think you're homer on them I mean there's there are pieces here um that that should be playing better football they I I have questions about putting people in the right position all the time schematically. And I think I also have questions about progressing talent where I'll just see like the touchdown to Trent Shurfield on the left corner. It's cover three. And for no reason at all, like like Martin Emerson's eyes cheat inside to a slot out and he just gets beat over the top and cover three. So like I just I'm wondering, are they getting the most out of these guys? I I, I really don't know. I really don't know, man. And that part of it all is, it's extremely frustrating and and it's something that you don't know. You know how much time are they putting in behind the scenes? How much effort is there? What the leadership looks like holding them accountable? There's so many things we don't know, but the results are telling me that they're not. And um I as a defensive coordinator, I do think there's enough pieces here to think you could come in and really reshape this, retool this and redesign something that could be effective, but again, you're trying to find a guy who has the can, can you can you get these now veterans? Denzel Miles, these guys are veterans to respect them right away, uh, but also be here for a while. Right. You know, so that's, that's a difficult balancing act. I hate to cut short, Jared, but I got to run in this one. So we will check in with you next week, talk about hopefully a different slate of more positive (laughs) questions. Uh, but, but this is, this is tough and we're trying to give you guys perspective in the midst of 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 a really tough season. So hopefully we're doing that. If not, and you're impatient, I'd also don't blame you, but otherwise Jared, appreciate you, man.
1: Absolutely, man. Have a great night.
0: Appreciate you guys stopping by today on to, on this podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with Jordan Zerm, so check that one out, and then we'll have John Colosimo on Friday and a Bills guest to prepare you over the weekend for what could be a super snowball. So uh, a lot of stuff going on. We will be uh, busy throughout the week. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate you checking out the OBR website, Twitch channel, and obviously this podcast as well. Have a great Wednesday, and go Browns.